In the land of the Danes, dark spirits that had been laid to rest by powerful practitioners of magic had a peculiar way of gaining their freedom, or so the tales said. An effective method was to force the malevolent phantom back into the dark earth and seal it there with a magic stake driven through their hearts. There, the spirit's gnashing spectral teeth would wait for the unwary traveler to free them from their prison and in some cases offer the spirits a fresh victim. And it was for this very reason that wanderers venturing into lonely lands were warned not to disturb unmarked posts, pieces of seemingly fresh wood driven into the ground in places that had few signs of human habitation. If the traveler, drawn to the wooden post, were to touch it, an eager voice muffled by earth and spell would speak out, asking for assistance and promising wealth in return for freeing it from its prison. You pull, the voice would hiss, and I will push. ghost and goblins out there in the haunted hinterlands as you know by now i'm rock and i'm here with my co-host with the most max and we're going to be your guides as we go from house to house in search of candy here at nightmares and daydreams happy halloween people it's finally here maxi a time for ghost stories and candy and tricks and treats and my favorite the classic caramel covered onions that we give out to the neighborhood kids every damn year that's gross right They love it, though. Of course they do. Onions are healthy, Max. They're nutrient-dense and packed with vitamins and minerals. Plus, they taste great with caramel. Said nobody ever. (laughs) Don't knock it till you try it, my man. Right. So, where were we? We were welcoming all the lovely ghouls and boys out there to our very special Halloween episode. It's becoming something of a tradition here with us, right? Two whole years in a row. We do love traditions. Yep, two years in a row. Just like we love us some pumpkin spice lagers. Yup. And it's damn near time for turkey. You're right. All right. Let's focus on Halloween before we start dreaming about food comas with turkey and all the damn fixings. Well said. You know how I get when Christmas starts disrespecting Thanksgiving, though. <laughs> yes, I do. So let's really focus. Okay, Max, on this last day of October, this Halloween of 2020, (laughs) that we all soon rather forget, on this All Hallows' Eve, when kids of all ages walk the well-lit streets hoarding candies, (laughs) but doing so in a responsibly, socially distant sort of way, there is another world, Rot, an enchanted world, where other beings are waking from a year-long slumber to begin their annual vigil on this night of nights. At a time when the veil between this world and the next are at their thinnest. When witches soar the night skies. When werebeasts prowl the lanes. When phantoms return to their old homes. And night creatures lie in wait for the unwary traveler. On a night like this, 
anything can happen on a night like this. It's time to tell some stories. So with that in mind, Max and I are going to spin some tales of the supernatural, y'all. Ghosts, witches, and all sorts of night creatures engaged in otherworldly shenanigans. So let's gather around the fire, be it actual, metaphysical, or digital. Grab your pumpkin spice lagers, special bourbons, fancy coffees, or your ill-gotten calorie-laden loot. <laughs> and have a seat somewhere nice and comfortable. And by digital, I assume you mean the crackling fireplace that's on multiple streaming services. Hashtag Netflix. Hashtag Amazon Prime. Hashtag it's not a real fire, but we still love it. <laughs> Cha-ching! That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love that fake digital fire. It's so peaceful. So let's disrupt that peace, shall we? And let's begin with a tale out of Europe, where the history comes from. Start us off, good sir. In the days of yore, the highlands of Scotland were a haven for witches. Using spell, poison, and fear, the servants of darkness held a heavy hand on the populace. But with witches eventually come witch hunters. In the desolate forest of Gaiac, in the Inverness district called Boldenacht, lived the man that was simply called the Hunter of the Hills. The good folk didn't know if he was called that for his prowess in the woods, or because of his relentless pursuit of the mountain witches. Only two days prior, his brother-in-arms, John McGillicallum, called Rugged John for his stout heart, had perished at sea. It was whispered that Rugged John's craft was beset by a sudden storm out of clear blue skies and of yowling cats, dozens of them, suddenly appearing on the vessel and swarming around the witch hunter and his crew. Either way, Rugged John was never seen again. This night, the hunter sat in a small hunting cottage with his wolfhounds in front of a roaring fire. Outside, icy rain beat on the window and the wind screamed like a banshee. His dogs growled, picked their massive heads up, and looked towards the cottage door as the wind blew it open. The dogs sprang to their feet, teeth bare. A small cat sat huddled in front of the door. His hounds would have killed it, but the hunter called them off. He did so, he later said, because the small creature had spoken to him. The cat was a witch that had forsaken the craft and its sisters, and the hunter was the only one who could save her from the revenge her sisters sought. He could not deny that mercy, and so picked up the cat and brought her in and set it down in front of the fire. His dogs looked on balefully and growled in their throats. The witch cat, comforted by the heat, behaved as innocently as a real cat might. It washed its coat, settled down before the flames, wrapped its tail around its body, and began to purr. Perhaps it was because of some small spell, perhaps because of the rhythmic pounding of the rain on his roof, or perhaps because of sheer exhaustion. But the hunter began to doze off, and all was quiet in the cottage. The hunter's eyes snapped open at the sound of his dog snarling and bristling, and before him stood the good wife of Lagan, a much-loved woman of his own village. You are a gullible man, hunter, she whispered harshly. Rugged John lies five fathoms down, and the fish are nibbling at his eyes. Now your time has come, too. She sprang, cat-like, at his throat, her long fingernails curled and sharp teeth shining. But the hounds were quicker and knocked her down. The tumult, quick and fierce, saw the witch's body torn by the massive hounds, yet she was still able to lay open their stomachs and kill them both. 
As the hunter advanced, his sharp skinning blade in front of him, the witch disappeared in a flash of black feathers at up the chimney. The storm strengthened outside and the hunter threw on his cloak and prepared to journey to his own village of Lagan. The next morning, smoke curled out of the small chimney in the tiny cottage of the good wife of Lagan. Village wives, like cackling hens, gathered around the front door and were drifting in and out of the small house, bringing in small foods and vials of medicine. The good women of Lagan were determined to help the good wife, who had healed the sick in the village for decades. The hunter watched the spectacle grimly before striding into the good wife's cottage. The village wives scolded him, telling him this was women's business, but he gently moved them out of the way until he stood inside the good wife's bedroom and watched her wheezing harshly under several heavy blankets. She shrank back in her covers when she saw him enter her bedroom. How goes it with thee, O servant of Satan? He asked, hard eyes gleaming under his cloak. A village woman scolded him and the hunter tore the heavy blankets off the witch, revealing bloody bedclothes. My hounds did this to her as she came for me. She's a witch, and her coven drowned Rugged John and his men. A cloud of silence settled over the cottage as the village wives left, heads bowed and walked into the street. The witch of Lagan was left alone in her cottage with the hunter, and the two stared at each other. Your hounds have killed me even as I killed them, Hunter. I hear my master's wings beating in the shadows. He comes for me, so do what you will. He stared at the old woman for a time before his face softened. You healed my mother when I was a boy. Consider this repayment. It is said the church at Delarossi is the most hallowed of ground, so holy, that all who rest there are permanently beyond your master's grasp. Do with that what you will. And with those words, the hunter left the witch of Lagan alone in her house. The remainder of this tale was relayed by two travelers passing through Lagan the next night. Night had come upon both men, merchants traveling through the high country. The merchants, both in a merry mood after selling nearly all of their wares in the previous hamlet, talked and gossip and stepped lively toward the village of Lagan, where they hoped to spend the night. A shuffling, wheezing noise coming towards them brought them back to their senses. A small figure, huddled in heavy robes and hooded, ambled on the road towards them. Long silver braids spilled out of the hood. A female voice echoed dully at them. Is this the track to the Dalarasi churchyard? It is, one of the merchants said politely, and the figure merely nodded and redoubled her efforts, wheezing loudly, shambling faster and whimpering. She was soon lost from view as she crested the hill, their spell of frivolity broken by the distressed figure, as well as the fact that the sun was nearly set lent speed to both men's boots. An hour after the bent figure of the old woman had passed, a light rain had set on the travelers, further souring their mood. An hour after they encountered the old woman, two hounds, large and black as pitch, were coming towards them. Their large heads moved from side to side as if following a scent They passed the merchants, not sparing them a glance. Soon they vanished, cresting a hill. Before the men could speak, a black rider, hooded, and on a massive black horse came into view, following the hounds. He drew rein beside the merchants, red eyes glittering from the depths of a hood, and the stench of brimstone hovered in the air. Is this the road to Dalarasi churchyard? A soft voice asked. It is. 
And did a woman pass by not long ago? She did. The rider turned away from the travelers and spurred his horse onward and quickly disappeared over the crest after the hounds. Now the travelers really put their heels into the journey, all but running down the small track. They spoke little as fear gripped them both. The village of Lagan could not come soon enough. Delarossi Churchyard at Strathdearn was known as a sanctuary for both the living and the dead. Any newly dead soul, no matter how black, was beyond the reach of Satan at Delarossi. Men and women in the region often had their deathbeds taken to the peaceful ground as their end neared. Several hours passed and the two merchants still walked steadily on, sparing looks back every so often. A sound of hooves echoed behind them, and they stared straight on, wishing not to look in the depths of the hooded rider again. The rider drew rein beside them, and the voice echoed with satisfaction. She was just at the gate. It was easy for the dogs. There, slung across his saddle like a slaughtered deer, was the hooded woman, her white braids trailing in the mud and covered in blood. The Witch of Lagan was broken and battered, bitten and bloodied beyond recognition. The hunter of the hills heard the traveling merchant's tale at the small tavern in Lagan and said nothing. He kept his vigil that night and every night for the rest of his life, his eyes up in the sky and trees and moon, his ears listening to the wind, searching for the swift black shadows that let him know his work as a witch hunter was not done and kept him aware of the hatred that the Witch of Lagan's sisters still bore him. The term hell to pay comes immediately to mind after hearing that particular tale. Exactly right. You want to play, you got to pay. As they say, (laughs) want to have powers over your neighbors, maybe a little cash, say goodbye to your soul, son. So many tales of this sort of thing, this unholy bargain that people make in exchange for dark powers and influence. For more on dark deals, harken back to our first season and check out Infernal Packs. You know, Max, that's one of my favorite episodes. For sure. Robert Johnson, Paganini, Faust. What's not to love about that episode? Nothing. I love it. Okay, amigo, let's keep this train of dark tales rolling on this night of nights. What you got for us? You were just in Europe. Let's stay a little closer to home for this one. Years and years ago, and I mean many years ago, a big dance took place here in San Antonio. A local girl was asked to dance by a very handsome, very well-dressed young man. Now this dance, this big dance, took place at El Ranchito, a dance hall that no longer exists in San Antonio. So this local girl and the handsome stranger were drawing a crowd, just dancing up a storm. It was like they were casting a spell on the crowd at El Ranchito. The girl was wearing a dress that was low-cut in the back. I guess that was in style. But the story goes that while they were dancing, people started to scream. And the girl, the local girl, looked down and saw that she and the handsome young man were suspended in the air halfway above the dance floor. So the girl screamed as well and tried to get away from the young man, but he put his hand on her back and burned a hand-shaped mark before they dropped to the dance floor. When they hit the floor, the crowd noticed that he had chicken feet. The girl he was dancing with fainted, and he disappeared, 
and the dance floor began to smell horribly, like something had died. Everyone saw what happened, and everyone knew that she had danced with the devil that night, as told by Maria Hernandez Olivares in Victoria, Texas. Classic tale, Max. Short and sweet. Well, your first story was so long, I figured I'd better (laughs) reset the balance and tell a short local story for our many Texas listeners. Thanks, amigo. It's nice to stay local once in a while, especially when we're talking about craft beers and folklore. Agreed. So this story, like you said, is a genre unto itself, the classic devil in the dance hall story. Mm -hmm. And one that you told in Rock's Tales, if I recall correctly, happened to a friend of your family? You are correct, sir. True story, and happened to a very close friend of the family, very good friend of my sister's, and in a very similar fashion. Handsome stranger, the realization the person you're dancing with has either chicken feet or hooves, which according to Mexican myth is what the devil walks around on. Very similar to fawns out of Greek myth as well. No Jordans for them. (laughs) You're right. No Jordans. But let's not bring classical myth into this right now, Maxie. Are you ready to move on? Let me just grab a quick refill. I'll do the same. And I'll drop another quick tale of terror. In the Dutch town of Deventer, a priest was sent to reconsecrate an old church which had been ravaged by the passage of time. Early one morning, before sunrise, as he made his way there, he saw spirits of the dead moving about and making offerings in the cemetery and even inside the church. He immediately reported this to his bishop. To his dismay, the bishop ordered him to spend the night and protect the church from those unholy undead. But no sooner had he gone to sleep than the dead grabbed him and threw him out of the church along with his bed. Again, he went to the bishop but His Excellency was unmoved by this tale and reiterated his demand that the priest guard the church from those unholy spirits. Reluctant but obedient, the priest complied and, after dousing himself with some holy water, he again went to spend the night at the haunted church. But fear kept him from so much as closing his eyes that night. And again, toward the middle of the night, at the witching hour, the dead came for him. This time, They lifted him up and carried him to the altar. And that is where parishioners found his burned body the next morning. The church was left alone after that. Damn. Well, listen, Max, when the dead want a place to pray, you should probably let them have it, huh? Sounds like it. Poor priest was just doing his job, trying to cleanse the church of the restless, filthy dead. Was filthy dead. And he had no protective amulets, no protection from evil potions handy. Come on, Max, that's an amateur move. The dude got level drained. At very least, he should have had a paladin with banish undead ability with him, or a mace of disruption. At the very least, one or the other. Okay, so it's my turn again. Where are we headed for this tale of terror? How about the American Southwest? My tío Miguel was the bad sort. If it was not good, if it was something that he shouldn't be doing, well, he wanted to do it even more. If my grandparents told him to go in one direction, he went in the opposite direction. 
Tio Miguel's behavior became so bad that the family up and moved. They moved from Los Angeles, California to Northern Arizona, a little Western town called Prescott. They wanted to change a venue, Uncle Miguel, to find new friends and new positive things to do. But like they say, it's hard for a tiger to change his stripes. And soon enough, he was back up to his old ways, hanging out with the wrong crowd, bullying people, and generally causing trouble in their new neighborhood. To say he was not well-liked was an understatement. And according to those in the know, Theo Miguel loved all the attention he got, both good and bad. So the story takes a turn here. My grandma started to have bad dreams, haunting dreams of Theo Miguel and a dark figure. Like she would dream of Theo Miguel just doing everyday normal kinds of things and this dark figure would always be in the background watching him. She told him and of course he laughed it off and she begged him not to go out on this one specific night, but he went anyway. That night he was hanging out with his hoodlum friends and it's dark but not super late, nine or 10. And according to Theo Miguel, this feeling comes over them. Like all of a sudden, everyone just wanted to go home. Just an uneasy feeling. So Theo starts walking home and he feels like someone is following him. And so he turns and looks and he sees this figure, this dark figure walking behind him. Theo Miguel couldn't tell what this figure was wearing, couldn't see his face, just shadows. Theo nods at him, but the figure doesn't do anything, just stops when he stops and walks when he walks. So Theo Miguel, the tough guy, starts to talk noise to this dark figure, asking him what he wants, who he is, asking him if he wants to get knocked out, that sort of thing. Well, this figure starts walking towards Theo, and Theo is getting ready to fight when he sees two red points of light kind of open up where the dark figure's eyes should be. And this fear hits him, and instead of fighting, he turns tail and runs toward his house. And this figure is on his feet, chasing him, laughing this weird, unearthly laugh. My uncle is screaming for help. Lights are turning on in the neighborhood as he's running home with this thing chasing him. So he finally gets to his house and my grandmother would always leave the screen door unlocked for him. Theo Miguel is screaming and sprints up the sidewalk with his thing behind him. He throws open the screen door, slams it shut, not stopping to look behind him. Needless to say, everyone wakes up and at first they don't believe him. But then grandma opens a front door and burned into the screen door is this dark figure and it smells like sulfur. The next day, they tried to scrub the image out of the screen, but it wouldn't come out. And that smell stayed. Eventually, Grandpa changed the screen door, threw the other one away. My Theo changed his ways after that, became a better person at least. And this dark figure? Maybe it was the figure from my grandma's dreams. Who knows what it was? But anyway you tell it, my family was grateful my bad uncle was given a chance to change his ways. As submitted by Daniel Garza, Prescott, Arizona. Another tale of a wayward soul being scared straight. Yup. I wonder if this dude became a preacher or something. Who knows? Pretty wicked, that figure being burned into the screen door. No thanks. I'll just leave now. <laughs> really? I'll just take my house brownie any day of the week. Dude... Your house brownie. Is your house brownie active again? Uh, so a few things have happened. Like? So, <laughs> we were sitting in the living room, and I heard a noise in the kitchen. 
Mm -hmm. And my girlfriend's purse had been thrown from the middle of the counter onto the middle of the kitchen floor. Wow. A couple other things, but that was the biggest event. So, I mean, nothing malicious, kind of mischievous. Yeah, and the dogs haven't seen anything. They haven't acted funky or anything? Not more than usual. Mm. He's feeding them on the slide. That's why they're like not saying anything. Yeah, he must be giving them bacon or something. Ah. Well, Max, any way you slice it, it's better than being chased by a malevolent shadow person. Am I right? At least he got some good cardio in. Yeah, you know, I feel like this Steel Miguel character could probably use some exercise. Hanging out with the homies usually involves a whole lot of chilling. Maybe some trips to the corner store for 40s and Cheetos. You sound intimately familiar with that practice. Settle down. I'm classy, Max. You know this. Lone Star and Whataburger are a million steps above Cheetos and a 40. Maybe. <laughs> Heaven knows you've had your share of Lone Star and Whataburger. The good old days. All right. You ready to continue or you want to keep going over my old predilections for junk food? And moving on. Ready for another story? That's why we're here, amigo. Where does this take place? In the great state of Texas. Nice. From a story sent to us by one of our listeners, very close to your old stomping grounds in South Texas. My abuela was a bruja, like a straight up evil person who would curse people for money. In other words, she was not a nice person. When I was a little girl, it seemed, I was the only one who would stand up to this woman, who was my dad's mom. People would cower around her, like they could sense this was a lady not to be messed with, but I wasn't afraid of her. And I think she liked that, the fact that I wasn't afraid. I remember her room was always freezing. It didn't matter if it was summer and she had no AC in her house. Her room would always be unnaturally cold and so dark inside. And she always burned black candles in her room on this altar near her bed. It was very creepy. People would come over to see her I would hide and listen and see how she would scare people into giving her money. You are cursed. Someone in your family is jealous of you and has paid a bruja to curse you. This is why you have bad luck. Luckily, I can help you. And then people would pay her lots of money to help them get rid of the curse. She passed away, and it was how she died that got people talking. They found her in her bathtub where she had died. But she didn't drown. It was said she was boiled alive. They found her scalded to death. Now how is that going to happen to someone? The adults in my family whispered it was the other brujas in town that did this to her. That they cast a spell or sent some dark servant to do this to my abuela, who many believe had it coming. As submitted by MFW. That is crazy. I guess when you traffic in dark powers, allegedly, <laughs> can you be surprised when they're turned back on you? Hey, someone was wearing a ring of spell turning. Totally. Only explanation. It's a pretty gnarly story, and it actually reminds me of some of the stories that you've told me of your mom going to various curanderas. The whole, I can help you, but it'll cost you scenario. Ain't nothing free, Max. Except Halloween candy. Ah, uh, true. Nothing like free. Caramel-covered onions. <laughs> the best. Gross. Candy corn. <laughs> Even grosser. And 
we are done, ladies and gents. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Halloween night. We hope you scored a lot of loot if you masked up and went out. Or if you stayed in, we hope it was nice and relaxing in front of the fire, fake or not, with a beverage and your loved ones. 100%. We'd also like to give a shout out to our newest patron, Adriana. Adriana, thanks so much for your generosity in supporting the podcast. We invite you to join Adriana as she enjoys all the bonus content, which we're adding weekly. Head over to patreon.com forward slash nightmares podcast to support your boys. Or head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash nightmares podcast if you'd like to make a one-time donation. We love our coffee. That we do. And we can't say this enough, y'all. We need reviews to move us up the charts so more people can find our podcast. Please take that quick second to rate and write a review. It makes all the difference. So Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, whatever podcatcher you listen to us on, get us that review. It means so, so much. Take those 10 precious seconds to move those fingers across your smartphone and grant us the boon of that (laughs) five-star review. Yes, y'all. Do us that solid. And if you enjoy what our team is doing here at Nightmares and Daydreams, tell your family and friends. Pass us around. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, don't forget to check us out on YouTube. And check us out on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, the Gram, all that. And head over to our own damn website at nightmarespodcast.net and holler at your boys. Maybe get that Nightmare Ned button that's been calling your name. The best part in the business, Teresa Joy, gives us that amazing sound and music that many of you have commented on. Find and follow her at Viobright, that's at V-I-O-B-R-I-T-E. Also, head over to her own website at TeresaJoyMusic.com and check out her violin mixed with some amazing beats. She can do it all. No doubt. Go check Teresa Joy's website out, y'all. You won't be sorry. She has some amazing jams. One more time. Thanks in advance for the kind reviews. Good night to all you fine folks. Happy Halloween. Hope it was fun. So, as always, sweet dreams. Oh, <laughs>